everyone, and welcome back here to the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. I am so, so glad that you're here. And, and I have to say, it's, it's really fun sitting down and, and talking into a microphone like this again. Um, I haven't really done a lot of this since my days of working in television. And so it's really, really neat to kind of be back in this space and, and talking about something that, that I am so, so passionate about. And so thank you for this opportunity. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. And what I want to do today is dive into a little bit of, of what has helped me when it comes to my mental health. And the name of this podcast is Take What Serves, Leave the Rest. And if you listen to our, our first episode, I touched on this. I never, ever, ever, ever want to come across in this, in this podcast as telling people how they should manage their mental health or that this is the right way and you you know you must do this because that's not the case that is that is not the case what works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for somebody else and and yet i love coming together and and having these conversations and just kind of putting it out there and talking about um what resonates for each and every one of us. And so as I'm talking today, if you disagree with something, love it. That's, that's wonderful. Um, but I, but I thought it would be, it would be helpful for maybe some people out there to just kind of dive into some of the tools that, that I've picked up up until this point along the journey, along the path, and, and maybe they can help, help you out there in, in some small way. So I love to look at managing our mental health as kind of approaching it from a mental health toolkit approach. I say that all the time when I, when I speak and when I'm having these conversations, the more things that we can have in our tool belt and our toolkit that we can draw upon, the better because I have found that there's not personally for me one magical fix-all solution that just solves all my problems and, and makes things perfect. Um, wouldn't that be interesting if that, uh, if that was the case? And would we even want that? That's something to, something to ponder. I'm sure a lot of us would, <laughs> but we'll maybe a, a conversation for another day. Instead of looking at it as I need to figure out the one thing that's going to make all this anxiety or, or make this depression or make this ruminating and, you know, uncertainty go away. I tend to, to think one day it might be this tool. That's really, really helpful for me. And the next day it might be something totally different that allows me to, to kind of show up and maneuver and, and, and get through what it is that I'm experiencing. So in my toolkit, there's a number of things. There's, there's moving my body as consistently as I can. Um, having a therapist that I can reach out to. And I've done a lot of therapy 
in, in the past. Getting good sleep, connecting with the people in my life, trying to eat well, uh, medication, something that I, I do take every single day. And I always like to mention that because I think there can be a lot of shame and there can be a lot of, it's kind of a hot button issue, this whole topic around medication. But it has been very, very helpful for me. If I, if I only took medication and didn't do anything else, I don't know if it would be super helpful. But, um, but I have found it to be a very useful part of my toolkit. Meditation, I try to meditate every day. Yoga has been a beautiful source of healing for me. Breath work is something that I have stumbled across here in the last couple of years that has been absolutely so, so, so powerful for me. And I will absolutely dive into that more here in the future on this, on this podcast. So every day, there's all these little things that I try to do for myself that, that don't again, take all the anxiety away or, or, or just make things perfect, but it, it allows me to show up for my life. And, and that kind of brings me to an overarching approach that I think runs through my day-to-day experience that has been extremely, extremely helpful. And, and, and I probably picked this up from a therapist that I worked with for a number of years, or I a solid year, um, very, very, very consistently doing some very, very deep work with this person. And that is not trying to get the struggle to go away, but creating room for the struggle, learning how to manage the struggle, and doing my best to show up with that struggle along for the ride. So here's the deal. I know that that might sound like, well, I don't want to have the struggle. And and trust me, I don't either. <laughs> I absolutely don't. But what I've found is that the more that I try to get the struggle or try to get the anxiety or try to get the depression to go away, the more that I'm forcing it and trying to push against it, the stronger I find that it actually gets. And so trying to implement this mindset of, it gets to be there. The anxiety gets to be there. And I'm going to learn how to maneuver life with it along for the ride has been, um, has been really, really helpful for me, for me personally. I actually have a thing that I wear around my, my wrist every day. It's a, it's a bracelet and it has the words allow and, and show up on it. Allowing the uncertainty, allowing the anxiety, allowing the, you know, shame, allowing the doubt, allowing the physical sensations to be there and doing my best to, to still show up for the things in my life that, that matter and that, and that are important to me. Some of you have, have maybe heard of um, acceptance and commitment therapy. If you've never heard of that, that's totally fine. But a lot of these kind of approaches to anxiety that I, that I talk about are very, very in line with that. That is a, an approach to therapy that's been has just really, really resonated for me. And um, you'll probably hear me talk about that quite a bit. And, and kind of an, an, an analogy that 
I have found to be extremely helpful for me and very, very powerful me kind of comes from the, uh, from the, the act or the acceptance and commitment therapy world. And a couple of them, actually, the first one is this analogy of kind of looking at our life as a bus. And if you've, if you've heard me talk in the past and you've heard me talk about the bus analogy 9,402 times before, just bear with me. I know I talk about it a lot, but I love sharing it with people who haven't heard it. Looking at our life as a bus and, and, and we're in the driver's seat. So we're driving down the road in the bus, in the driver's seat. And as we, as we drive along and we make all these kind of different stops along the way, passengers are going to get on the bus and those passengers representing our thoughts and our emotions and the sensations in our body and, and really just whatever it is that, um, that you might be experiencing and, and kind of struggling with out there. They get on the bus and instead of trying to push them off the bus and creating a huge kind of chaotic scene, what if we can just allow them to, to sit in the bus in the, in the back, in the, in the passenger seats, and we remain in the driver's seat and we get to decide where that bus goes. We're making the decisions about turning left and turning right and going forward and stopping and starting and all of those things. And, and those, those passengers, those emotions, those thoughts, whatever they are in the back are going are gonna to make a lot of noise. Of course they are. They're going to make noise. They're going to kind of call for our attention. They're going to try to get us to make certain decisions and kind of control where we're going with our life. but we get to make the decisions about where we're going. We get to feel the anxiety and still say, um, I'm going to tap into my values. I'm going to tap into what's important to me. And, and I'm still going to go to that coffee date that I have scheduled with a, with a friend, even though my social anxiety is just off the charts. And I'm really, really nervous about that. Or I'm going to still step into that work meeting today, even though Every ounce of me is so anxious about that, and I have no idea how I'm going to get through it, but I'm going to still just put one, one foot in front of the other. I'm going to step in front of that group, and I'm going to do my best to, to just take it one moment at a time and just do the best I can. I'm going to show up for that date. I'm going to you know, do the, the project that feels really, really overwhelming and... Um, kind of feeling that perfectionism seep into it and I'm waiting for the, the situation to be totally perfect before I, before I do it. Um, and instead of waiting, I'm going to just show up with all of those, that perfectionism as part of the process. Cause I, cause here's the deal, my friends, I think, I think we live in a society where we are told from every which way, you know, do this and it's going to make your life perfect. Um, read this book and it's going to solve all your problems, you know, attend this seminar and that's going to hold the answer that you've been looking for your whole life. And, and, and that's not to say don't read the book or don't go to the retreat or, you know, don't do those things that, that you're excited about and that you want to explore, but we're just bombarded with this message of you have to do this first before you can be happy. 
And I think that gets in the way of us really living our life because we sit around all day waiting for things to feel perfect and waiting for ourselves to be fully, quote unquote, cured or healed before we think we're going to live our life. And, and I think life is happening in the midst of all the things that we have going on. And there's never, at least I've found, um, going to be that perfect moment where everything just aligns perfectly and I'm all of a sudden just anxiety-free or um, not struggling with ruminating and OCD or, you know, I don't know that all those things are just going to totally go away from me. And so how can I show up and experience those things at the same time? You may disagree, and maybe that doesn't work for you. And, and that's totally cool as well. But that, that's what I have found to be extremely helpful. And, and, and one other metaphor, analogy, whatever you want to call it, I always feel like I confuse those two words kind of in the acceptance and commitment therapy world that's been helpful is um, every day we have certain emotions and thoughts and physical sensations those are three words that you're going to hear me say a lot. I feel like I do say them a lot, but I, I kind of look at those things all lumped together, right? Like our, our human experience, like whatever the, that might be that day for you. Those things are going to make a lot of noise. And, and, and we can sometimes start to engage in this, in this tug of war battle with them or we're, we're kind of overly engaging. We're trying to figure out the emotion or we're trying to get to the bottom of that thought or we're trying to like get that thought away from us so that we can live our life. And that thought can sometimes, or there, or whatever it is that we have going on that day and that we're experiencing, what if we kind of looked at it as like this, this giant monster maybe, or, or this creature that's kind of making a lot of noise and we're playing tug of war. So they're holding one end of the rope we're holding the other end of the rope and we're just pulling back and forth and we're just caught up in this exhausting battle of overly engaging with it. And what's been helpful for, for me is to look at life and, and, and that, that battle, not as something that we have to engage in and that we have to go back and forth with and pulling back and forth. I've found, what if I just drop the rope? What if I just like let go of that rope and, and that, that creature, that monster, that whatever it is that I'm experiencing is still going to be there and it's going to make noise, but I'm going to, I'm going to lean in and practice. Let just kind of like letting it be there, letting it be part of my experience and, and not overly engaging much easier said than done. Absolutely. I don't pretend to, to, to over, and I don't want to oversimplify and, and make it seem like it's just this, oh, yeah, just, you know, drop the rope. It's super easy and then everything's great. No, it's a, it's a daily practice. And there's a lot of things that can help support us in that journey. So I think those are, are kind of the mainstays of how I tend to approach my mental health. You can maybe say getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. We hear that a lot. I know that that's, that's really resonated for me along the way and also just allowing myself to to be messy and working on on trying to to be better about that I notice often that when I'm having a really tough mental health day 
often it's not the actual struggle of that being a hard day for me that really kind of sends me into a spiral. It's wondering how am I going to show up around other people and what are they going to think? Are they going to kind of notice that I'm off? Am am I going to be a burden? Am I going to, you know, just like this, this very foundational fear of, of letting people truly see, um, my struggle. And that can be a really, really lonely place to, to be because isolation starts to come into play. You know, when things get hard, I am the king of, of isolating and pushing people away and, you know, getting into a, a place just alone before I feel like I can reemerge. And, and absolutely, right? Some of that is, I think, very um, healthy, can be very healthy to say, hey, tough day. I'm going to slow things down. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to, you know, have a, have a chill night to myself to really recharge. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful approach. And if, if that mentality continues for too long, um, isolation can really, really set in. And, and I really do think that we're wired for connection as human beings. And, and a lot of times what I need in really, really tough mental health moments um, is not to be alone, but is to actually feel the support of, uh, of another human being. And I hope in some small way, my friends, that, that this podcast could, could maybe be that at times for you. And, and, and that's not to say um, you don't need your friends, you don't need your family, you don't need your therapist. <laughs> Just listen to this podcast. Absolutely not. In fact, I would argue the opposite. Um, but I, but I hope that this space that we connect in can be a time where maybe just for a moment you feel a little less isolated and, and you know that there's one other person on the planet that, that's holding space for you just to show up exactly as you are. And I, I know that some of the deepest work that I'm doing on myself is to understand and to honor that I am enough just the way that I am, just as you are enough the way you are. And no matter what's going on in your mind right now, no matter what your experience might be, potentially how things feel right now, um, you are enough just the way that you are. And there's nothing There is nothing wrong with you. And that can be hard when when the noise is really, really loud in our minds. I know that firsthand. So can we all just take a, a nice deep breath and be gentle with ourselves and recognize that life at times can be really, really hard. Really, really overwhelming. And there's a lot of really beautiful moments along the way, too. And we celebrate those and we don't forget about those things. I am so, so grateful that you would take the time to listen to this podcast. Again, this is how I look at it, this is what helps me. And I hope someday to maybe learn more about what what helps you grateful for each and every one of you as always my friends take what serves 
and leave the rest. Be gentle. Thank you.